unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today, man? Nathan, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And we had a couple of really good episodes and then something sparked in one of those episodes and you were like, hey, Nathan, we should do a show about this. And I was just like, yes, I'm stoked. So I'm excited for this, this week's episode and possibly next week's. Yeah, me too. And, and the two episodes we were talking about, the previous two episodes were with my friend and former mentoring client, Chris Haddad. And one of the things he said really struck me. And that was that he creates products exactly or almost exactly the way he writes his sales letters in VSLs. So I thought about that and I realized I've been doing that for a long time. And I forgot most people don't know about this trick or if they know about it, they don't know how to do it. Or even if they know how to do it, they don't do it. Then last week, I did a consult for a client who wanted help planning a new product. Imagine that, uh, thinking ahead. And I realized this would be the perfect opportunity to reverse engineer what I did in that session and share it with everyone who listens to this podcast. Now, this information I've, is something I've been using for years, but frankly, it never occurred to me to share it before. However, it just did occur to me, so let's do it. If you're planning to create a new product or fix one that isn't very popular, doing as well as it should, then this will be very valuable for you. And this will be almost as valuable. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health and finance, business opportunity. You may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So to the topic at hand, a lot of people still try to create products using the field of dreams approach. I'm referring to the Hollywood movie about baseball which has the memorable but financially toxic line in it, build it and they will come. Hey, even Hollywood, which lives in a magical world of its own, doesn't entirely just build a movie and hope the audiences will come. They do test screenings of different versions of a movie to see which one audiences like better before they release the movie. But, as copywriters and product creators and direct marketers, we're not Hollywood. And especially when you're creating a product for a particular niche, rather than a mass movie-going audience, you have access to better information than Hollywood does when you try to, they try to come up with a new movie that's familiar yet different. And if the stars align, something good enough will come to the screen and people will pay to watch it. But for us, we're actually in a better position. I do consultations for people, and usually it's after they've created the product and 
just before they're about to launch, I look at their sales copy and I've been able to help people avoid problems and also crank up higher sales with these consultations. But I would be able to help them a lot more if they brought me their ideas at the time when they were conceptualizing the product before they started to build it. Most people don't do that, but like I said, one client did last week. And in light of what Chris Haddad told us in one of his interviews, I took a lot of notes on the questions I asked during the consultation. Now, I'm keeping my client's particular answers confidential, like I always do, but I'll fill in answers for one of my own products to give you an example. And Nathan, I'm, I'm sure you'll have some experiences to share with your own products or client products early on enough in development so we can really show you how this works from two perspectives. Now, when I did my consultation with the client, she found three missing things in the product she was planning. When she adds those things, I think her sales will later end up being a lot higher. There's another thing to consider, though, and that is this. If you can't answer some of these questions in a way that directly shows what your product is, then you may need to go back to the drawing board. If you can't answer enough of them, you may need to abandon the idea altogether and try something else. Because while it's possible, it's really hard to sell people something that they don't want. So today we'll go over the big four questions you really need to drill down, to drill down on to get the product aligned with your prospects' wants and needs, as well as values and mindset and their current experience of life. So today is part one of a two-part series. We'll go over some additional important, detailed, drill-down questions in next week's show. Now, what I'm about to share with you may sound like copywriting questions, but wrap your mind around this idea. Just like you build a business to sell, you can also build a product to sell. I don't mean that you just want to sell the product. I mean, you build the product so it's easy to sell, so it already has the things in it that you need when you write your sales copy. I mean, literally construct and design it so the sales letter will be really easy to write. You'll see how this approach will make it much easier to write your sales copy after the product is ready. So we've got big four questions today. And the first one is, who is the prospect? And um, I've got a lot to say about that, but go ahead. I just want to make a point of clarification. A lot of times these questions are what we ask when we start writing the copy and what you're kind of getting at. And I think that this starts to click with copywriters, but it doesn't really make sense when you're just a product creator, a business owner, mm -hmm. is that these questions should be asked not only when we start writing the copy, but it will benefit you if you're asking yourself these questions before you even start designing the product. Yeah, that's a really, really good clarification because they are very similar questions. But if these things only occur to you after the product's done, your product could be seriously flawed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the first one is, who is the prospect? And I know it sounds like a tired old question. You've heard it a million times. But here's the thing. Most people think of the prospect as a label, a job category, or a title or a description of a particular interest, like a bodybuilder. And that lets you check a box, and it doesn't really help you in zeroing in on what you're going to do in creating the product. So 
in my consultation with my client, we went back and forth for a while before we finally nailed it down to a single person she knew who this product would be perfect for. And once we had an actual person, the light bulb started to go off in her head. This is a big mistake people make. Well, I will make something for the automotive repair market. Well, I will make something for the SEO market. And so those generalities don't help sell so much as I'm going to make this for Steve. You know, he really needs help in this area. And here, and you'll see why this is important because once we got down to one person, all of a sudden we were able to start thinking about the world this prospect lived in, how their life had changed, for example, because of the pandemic and a whole bunch of other details, we really got a sense of who would buy this product just from focusing on one person, an actual person we knew. Um, The idea, again, is to focus on a person that you know. It will make answering this and the three more questions today and the seven in the next episode so much easier. So as an example, I'm going to talk about a product I created 15 years ago to solve a problem I had, and a lot of people I knew who wrote copy also had. It was originally an info product called Killer Headline. And uh, it was originally intended to be a front end to a course I already had online called Killer Copy Tactics. But Killer Headlines ended up taking on a life of its own. It led to a much bigger product that sold hundreds of copies at $1,200 a piece. And Killer Headlines eventually became this book, Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. And that sold quite a few copies. I'm, I got a royalty check just a few weeks ago uh, from Morgan James, the publisher, for that. So before we go on to the next question, Nathan, what are your thoughts about who is the prospect? Uh, I'm going to actually pick your brain a little bit. When it comes to knowing this, how does it affect product creation, you said, rather than this is going to be for the automotive industry, you said this is going to be for Steve. What are some of the ways that knowing exactly who it's going to be for changes the way that you actually develop what the product ends up being? Okay. So let's say you're doing a marketing product for the automotive industry and you know, Steve, and Steve has said, I don't understand Facebook marketing. I don't understand SEO. And you realize, oh, what is he going to need to get? What is he going to need to learn? What, what is he going to need to have done for him or done for him as an option specifically to help him with that? If, when you zero in on a person, you can zero in on what they bitch about, what their problems are, um, what gets them excited, what they say, oh, I wish there were, or if only there were. You can't really do that when you're just thinking of an industry as a, you know, job category. Okay. I I think a lot of times we, both as business owners and as uh, copywriters, it's, we have to make a conscious decision to think about one person. It's because we're like, we don't want to narrow it down to just that one. I don't want to create a product that only Steve buys. 
not realizing that Steve is one of a thousand Steves out there or a hundred thousand Steves out there that are making those same complaints. And by hitting those exact pain points that Steve is, is actively telling you about, then you know, oh, my product needs to do this. My product needs to address Facebook. My product needs to address SEO. And instead of, instead of just making this vague, well, the automotive industry needs this. It, it, it's a very subtle thing, but it feels like it's something that gets skipped over both in copywriting and in product development way too often. Yeah. I mean, it's counterintuitive because you think, well, I mean, the, the worry wart in your mind is going to say, well, maybe not everyone's like Steve and blah, blah, blah. well, that's true. But you know, if you include some features or some functions in your product that the person's not going to use, it doesn't mean they won't buy it. Mm-hmm. But if you include something that's really custom designed, we're, we're going to go a lot deeper though. You just need a starting point and, and to start on a person who seems to represent the industry is a really good way to go. I want to take a moment to point out how vitally important headlines are in copy. As you may already know, the strength of your headline accounts for up to 80 or even 90% of the effectiveness of your ad. Think about that. What if there were a way to shortcut the headline writing process and start a new headline based on a proven winner? Well, there is. It's all in my book called Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. This book is available now on Amazon.com. Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. What's unique about this book is it shows you exactly how to adapt a proven winner to your product or service. Because I show you 10 adaptations for each headline in different niches and explain the psychology of how to adapt a headline. Advertising headlines that make you rich in hard copy and Kindle formats on Amazon. Now, back to our show. Okay, so that's the first question. Who's the prospect? And the second question is, what's my prospect's biggest problem that this product will be able to solve? Now, this is something where you don't want to rush because coming up with one intuitive answer could be the kiss of death. Your own thinking may get in the way of this answer. You may know better problems this person has than the problems on the person's mind. It took about five minutes of kicking this question around pretty high intensity with my client before we arrived at the answer that the prospect would instantly recognize as the biggest problem to solve. And that's important. It's got to be what resonates with them right away, not necessarily what you know as the expert is the real problem. It's not what you think, it's what they think. This won't limit what you put into the product, but it will give you a strong focus. So to come up with your answer, see if you can come up with the closest version to what's going on uh, with the conversation in your prospect's mind. Let's go back to my example. Um, with killer headlines, I thought that the biggest problem was kind of two sides of a coin. First, people didn't know how to write headlines, so it would take them a really long time, and all that time was a problem. But on the other side of it, um, the headline for any ad, sales letter, web page would account for 80 to 90% of the performance of the ad. 
And when I actually put the product out, I got some surprising results. My prospects had exactly the problem I predicted they would. That is, they were already painfully aware of this problem. But here's the surprise. My market was far broader. And, and this is why it's good to focus on one person. My market was far broader inside the niche of people who wrote direct response copy than I expected. One of my biggest fans was my friend, customer, and later partner on a project, Dr., uh, the late Dr. Audrey Lanford. Audrey held a PhD from Stanford. She had started a company that was later recognized as an Inc. 500 company and one of the, means one of the fastest growing small businesses in the U.S. She loved my headline template. So did some top copywriters and experienced marketers. Of course, the people I originally intended the product for, people who were just learning how to write copy too, they loved the product as well. So Nathan, your thoughts on that? The only thing I can really add to that is sometimes when we're creating a product, we have this idea of, oh, it's going to do this for people. But then when you actually talk to the people that are in the the category of people that you're targeting, you find out that they actually have a, a different, more pressing problem. And maybe your product doesn't actually address that problem, but just a minor tweak or a minor adjustment or a minor addition will solve that problem. And now it's uh, two birds with one stone thing. And then it's a no brainer for those people to buy it. So sometimes knowing and, and talking with, or uh, sometimes also eating your own dog food, creating a product that helps solve your problem. You think you know what the problem is, but once you actually know what the problem is, then it opens up a whole new, it, it can make the selling proposition so much more powerful. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's really got to be customer centric design focused on the customer doesn't mean you can't, you know, the, it, it, it gets back to the old saying, if you're going to be ethical about it, sell people what they want and give them what they want, but sort of slip in what they need at the same time. All right. So we've got a problem identified. If that problem was solved, this is question three. If that problem was solved, what difference would that make in my prospect's life? This is another one you might have a tendency to gloss over because it's not a short, sweet answer. You don't want to just say, well, they'll be able to write headlines. It's because it's not just a short, sweet, concise answer. Although I don't know how sweet that just sounded. Not if you want your product to sell big. You really want to give this one some thought. Not always the, or only the immediate or obvious difference. What does your prospect want that they can't seem to get that? using your product will give them. And there are three different ways you can think about this. You can think about it, what they'll be able to do. You can think about it, what they won't have to do anymore. And number three, and this may not seem as important to you, but it's very important to them, how they'll feel about themselves and how they'll no longer have to feel. And those are three examples. What I'm saying is, with this question, you really want to get into your prospect's life. I don't mean you want to move into their house. I mean, you want to really research and then imagine what it's like rather than just think about the problem being solved. Sometimes we can get so focused on making our product efficient and effective, we can forget about the person part of it. So here's an example. 
With killer headlines, the obvious difference is the prospect will be able to write headlines faster and with more confidence. That's a good start, but it's not enough because they're also going to save money on advertising because their copy will work better. They'll have more money in the bank because they're making more profit. They can develop new products, remodel the kitchen, even go on vacation, and so on. Now, this is important. I may never mention all of that in my copy, but what I will do is work harder on a product to make sure it delivers the results that can lead to results like the ones I just mentioned if the customer uses it to its full extent. And this method will help you realize how to create a better product which can provide some of the same results for you. That's why you want to dig deep on this question. Big picture question number four, what's standing in the way? That is, what are not, not what's standing in the way from buying this product. We'll get to that in the next episode. What's standing in the way to keep the prospect from attaining the results, solving the problem on their own? When you discover what these things are, this may also inspire you to add or change features in the product so they'll be able to work around whatever's in the way. You really need to get a sense of the thoughts and feelings of the prospect on this one, even if they have imaginary, unfounded fears. Those fears feel real to them. And so you need to be aware of those fears as you create the product. Now, when I, my example, when I came out with killer headlines in 2003, no one else was selling templates, at least that I know of, but templates alone didn't make the product unique enough. I took the extra step in with each headline of telling people the context where the headline would work best. I also gave about a dozen examples where I took the template and I wrote headlines, which they could freely use if they wanted, but the purpose of doing that was to show them how easy it was. And I did about a dozen headlines, each one for a different niche, so people could see how to adapt the template. And I only used proven headlines as the basis for each template. So what made this unique was that it helped you write a good headline fast, but you knew when and where to use it. So what gets in the way? Well, some people can't write. Some people think they can't write. Some people can write copy fine, but they can't condense their sales look into a powerful, intriguing headline. I see that a lot, even today, uh, about 17 years later. Some people freeze up when it comes to writing headlines. And some people are good writers, even good copywriters, but they just don't get headlines. I realize this is more than one person and one prospect. But when you come up with a solution that fixes all those problems, as I did, your product is going to have a much wider appeal, as mine did and still does. Does that bring anything to mind for you, Nathan? Yeah, so I call this the big butt problem. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, I like to think of it this way. I'm only trying to sell to two markets whenever I sell anything. It's the people that want to buy it. They've got the money. They're just waiting for somebody to make an offer. And then it's the people that want to buy it. They've got the money. They're just waiting for, the, for someone to make an offer, but they've got the big butt problem. So they're like, this looks perfect for me, but uh, I really want to learn how to invest, but I don't understand this. Or I'm really excited to get started on this new aspect of my life, 
but this particular problem, or we really want to go on a vacation, but we don't know about a babysitter for the kids. If you know what that big but is for the people that are perfect, but they've only got that one but problem, and then you just work that in, oh, well, our cruise ship actually has a babysitting on board, or our vacation program actually hooks you up with a babysitting network so you can find the perfect babysitter, or our Forex program actually teaches you this one thing that most new investors have a big hesitation about. If you know what that big butt is, then you just make it part of your uh, product. If you can say, everybody else that's offering this solution, the one butt that that their almost perfect market is coming up with that nobody else is addressing, we'll just add that to part of our product and then it eliminates it. And then all of that secondary market now becomes the perfect people for you to sell to. Yeah, that's really good. And that's why you got to know your people. Um, you got to know your prospects and you, you got to know their objections. And, and we'll get more in that in the next episode. But let's wrap this up. You, you've got four questions here um, that you really want to go deep and spend a little more time on than you think you have or you need to. Um, number one, who is the prospect? Number two, what's my prospect's biggest problem? that this product will be able to solve? Um, Number three, if the problem was solved, what difference would that make in my prospect's life? And number four, what's standing in the way of them solving the problem themselves? And again, this product evolved, we've been talking for an example, evolved into advertising headlines that make you rich, now available on Amazon as a Kindle as well as a hard paperback in our 10th anniversary edition. Yay. Okay, so next time we're going to drill down. These are big picture questions. We, we want specific answers, but they're big pictures. We're going to drill down much more specifically um, and to cover seven points that will really help you get off to a flying start with your new product. Nice. And I'm just going to second advertising headlines that make you rich. It's in the top three, probably top two copywriting books for me. And I'm just going to, I know you don't like it when I just uh, uh, flatter you on this show, but oh, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, in my opinion, it's one of the best swipe files for headlines out there. And every time I'm struggling with a headline, with a headline, I am one of those copywriters that struggles with headlines. I just go to it and I'm like, oh, there's this example and there's this example and there's this example. And usually I can walk away with two or three different ideas and different variations of stuff. And then I've got three or four things to test. And I'm always able to find something that uh, will end up converting like gangbusters. So I love the book and I have the Kindle version. And uh, I think it's... It's one of the best copywriting products out there, especially for headlines. Hands down, it's the best one out there. Well, that was painful to hear you flatter me like that, but I'm glad you did it. All right, David. Uh, until next time, if you want to catch or if you want to get more of your copywriters fix, head on over to copywriterspodcast.com and we will catch you next time. Catch you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. 
so we can get into ears of more listeners. Thank you. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.